You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford. Come right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, the great folks at LakersBall.com, and of course, our wonderful friends at the Hoopheads Podcast Network, where they have an absolute ton of NBA shows that you can choose from, including ours. But if you could go ahead and support all these great causes, it is sincerely appreciated. Well, in the season of ups and downs, just like a roller coaster, right now, I guess you could say that things are looking a little bit up right now for the Lakers after what could have been a very down week, which started off on a bad note, actually started off on a good note with the Lakers win, but was followed up with some bad news in regards to LeBron getting a positive on his COVID test and being out for several days with health and safety protocols. Oh, wait, because we got the news that LeBron is returning to the lineup on Friday night when they go ahead and face off in their next game against the Clippers. How can this be, you ask? Because it's normally a 10-day wait, even for the best of cases. Well, it turns out that the positive test for LeBron turned out to be a false positive, and he has tested several times since all negatives. So he got the go-ahead, he got the all-clear, he got the okay from the league, so he's going to be back in the saddle once again when they face off tomorrow night with and against the L.A. Clippers. So this is going to be a good matchup indeed. And why are we now looking so forward to this matchup even more than before? Because the Clippers are currently on a downswing. They're now at 11-11. The Lakers, after a two-game winning streak, they're now at 12-11. and So things are starting to look up for the team because – as I say in the description, there's a very good possibility, even if they just win tomorrow and if everything lays out correctly and as well as the Laker fans can hope out there with Dallas and some of the other teams that are right around 500, there's a good possibility that by the end of the weekend, 
they could be back up to fourth place in the Western Conference. They're in six right now, and there's a good possibility if, as long as Memphis doesn't keep on winning by 73 points, that they can be in fourth place by the end of the weekend, which would be great news in a season, again, that's had its ups and downs. And here today to talk about LeBron coming back to the lineup, what this will do for the team, how the team has played in his absence in the one game, and of course, everything going on with the team, including the injuries that we're covering in regards to Avery Bradley, which is actually a thumb injury. He has caught the thumb injury sickness that is trending across the NBA because there are several players out right now with thumb injuries, and he is one of them. And also waiting right now for a return for Trevor Reza, who's starting to just get ready into practice with the team. So maybe he's not that far away. But who knows about Kendrick Nunn, and we don't know how long that's going to be. But here today to talk about where we stand with the Lakers, he is the mastermind behind the moniker Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. Be part of the conversations that they have in all their great forums at LakersBall.com. It is my good friend, Mr. Joe Sorrell. And Joe, it's great to have you back on. I know you've been extremely busy, but you took time to go ahead and talk to us today, and it's always greatly appreciated. This was starting out, even even the Pistons win was just, uh, it, it was uh, an empty win. I don't know if that's the right word to use. Well, they came back and, then, and the Lakers were up by so far and they almost blew that entire lead. So as we said on the show, like you said, it was a very empty win at that time. It's It's been a, a consistent inconsistency with yes. the Lakers. So... And then Again, you saw I, I, in that, that first half with the Kings, it didn't look so good at that time. If you go back and look at game time on Lakers ball, I was all but done. I'll be honest. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I was, I was at the point where, okay, we're sitting here at eleven and eleven. It's twenty-two games in. We were saying twenty twenty-five games, but there's, there's a massive. There was a massive athletic defensive focus since the beginning of the year. Now you have to attribute that to the to the to the age of a lot of the main players, right? You're talking about Carmelo. You're talking about uh, to some degree. You're talking about let's say Westbrook, even though I think he's not. I don't think he's the in that category of old yet. He's still 32. You could have put. Dwight Howard, uh, DeAndre Jordan, you know, if A.B. Bradley was playing, same situation. But anyways, it, they looked like trash in that first half and almost all the way halfway through the third. And then at the, I think it was the 10.52 mark of the third, they went on a 40-8 to eight run. A 40-8 to eight run that I remember vividly uh, the old Kobe teams used to go on uh, those type of runs when they wanted to turn it on or, and especially the, the even older teams when Shaq and Kobe would be playing. So I, I was watching that third quarter and I was noticing that the Kings were still getting open shots, but they were missing them. The only difference this time, because when that happens, my initial reaction to that is, guys, if you keep letting them, you know, shoot that, they're going to start making it. Well, something weird happened. They missed those open shots, and then the Lakers' defense got better. So I don't know if it clicked for them where they said, hey, 
they they gave us a little bit of an opening here. They've missed, you know, for the last three or four minutes. We can't bank on that another four or five minutes or even in the fourth. We got to now really play defense so they don't make the shots. And then, of course, Dwight Howard with weak side blocks. You know, hey, I had this conversation years ago with friends. Would you rather dunk on somebody or would you rather have an epic block? Now, most of the people I played basketball with growing up didn't dunk. So obviously the block shot would be the answer, at least from the group. But you look at the 2006 NBA finals, you've looked at, you know, some of the plays that even LeBron has done and some of those epic playoff runs that we've had or wins. It seems like a block shot changes something. And this was an important one. There was a there was a block shot. I can't remember what part of the game it was in the third, but Dwight Howard just he just ran. It was it was the perfect motion and just boom, blocked it off the the backboard, and then they started running and I they never looked back. And that was a very important moment. And I I think that was what eventually kind of took them to to the point where they're like, oh well. We're, we're going to finish this. And the way it was finishing in the fourth, halfway through the fourth, usually during this year when they've had a lead, you're just sitting there going, Ugh, are they going to score 10 points in 48 seconds, you know, to, to, to make it a game? You started seeing, you know, after about six minutes, I'm like, nah, this, the, the Kings are toast. They're not doing a do jack. So that was the first game I remember the Lakers this year imposing their will. And it looked like mentally the Kings said, we can't, we can't beat this team tonight. That was very encouraging. But, however, and, uh, you know, there's no other way to go about this. I can't – I don't want to sit here and be too positive because of a couple wins against Detroit and Sacramento. I guess it's, it, it could mean something a little bit because LeBron wasn't playing. But this is why we brought Westbrook in. You know, this game that we won last – uh, uh, two nights ago, was it two, last night? Was it last night? Two two nights no, ago. It was two nights I'm totally ago. running a blank. Two nights ago, yeah. So two nights ago, we didn't have LeBron, and and the way they won. So you look at it this way. This is why you bring Westbrook in. You blew out a team that's not good on their home court without your main guy. That's a good sign, you know. Whenever somebody pounds a team in any sport and you sit there and you say, well, that doesn't mean anything because this team stinks. Well, not, that's not necessarily true. If you beat a terrible team by 20 points on their home court, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to do that when your team is healthy, but when you're actually missing, not only the guy, not only that your team is not healthy, but you're missing LeBron James. That is a good sign. Okay. Now, Here's the part I have to wait for now. And again, it's not going to get solved tomorrow because the Clippers are missing their guy too. And, you know, there's just nothing else they can do. It's just not going to, you know, until Kawhi gets back and I don't even know if it's going to matter this year. They're not really going to be anything contender. Maybe they might get a seventh or eighth seed in the end, but they're not going to really do any damage. So if the Lakers win Friday, I'll be happy that they beat the Clippers, but it's not going to really move the needle for me. 
I think the Lakers have an interesting decision to make on what the lineup is going to be when it matters. They're talking about Dwight Howard now starting. Okay. Dwight Howard is one of those old guys. Okay. I I know he's athletic. He's got a genetics like I've never seen anybody in basketball, at least, uh, you know, one that still looks in amazing shape after, you know, 17 years in the NBA. Are we going to see that consistently? Probably not. There's always a few games during the year where a great former great player is going to show you what he used to be. We used to say that about Kobe a lot during those last few years. You see Kobe drop 40, you see Kobe drop 35 and hit a game winner. But it was never, you know, Kobe couldn't do what Kobe used to do in year 19 and 20. His body just wouldn't let him. So by starting Dwight, what I know you have to do it at this point because DJ's not doing much, but how long is that going to last? And is Vogel going to be able to have Dwight play the starting center and then obviously shift Anthony Davis to the to the center spot when he sits and kind of play that game in the first and the third quarters? Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that develops. But my instincts tell me that there's only so much Dwight can do at his age, at that position, because especially if you start playing some good teams that can shoot and can draw him out. Because if he's there to block shots, they're not going to go to the hole. They're going to go open up deep and make shots. And teams like Golden State and Phoenix are going to destroy us. So I don't really know. I have to I have to see how everything kind of gets put together from a team defense standpoint. The team defense standpoint absolutely was improved in that third uh, and fourth quarter. I saw cohesiveness. I saw desire. And, of course, you know, uh, Russell Westbrook seems to have solved his stupid pass problem. He does make a couple of weird passes here and there, but it's not at a at a steady pace. So, and, you know, his history says he gets better as the year goes on. So it's very encouraging that he's already, after a month and change, kind of going that route. If this guy continues to do this, you know, there's a there's a clear shot of, of some things happening here. But again, I I'm excited about how they won, but I I, I, I we're gonna need some more time, Gerald. We're gonna need to see them play some contenders before we can really feel good and, and comfortable. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. If you have a better movie in the can, why is that not the movie that you released in the first place? I would say it's more culturally relevant than The Simpsons and Rick and Morty. Like, it has become a staple of American entertainment. I think Dragon Age 4 is carrying the future of Bioware on its shoulders. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it's Joe Soro. He is Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. Go ahead and check out all the great groups and great things that they do there, especially during game time at LakersBall.com. 
Joe, one of the things I do want to say that I am encouraged by is a little bit more consistency, although he still has an off game a little bit more than I like, is Malik Monk, who I think is emerging ahead of Carmelo in the past couple of weeks as an individual that I think I'm believing more and more coming off the bench. I still love to see Carmelo be a little bit more consistent, but right now still with him and his age and whatever factors lie there, it's still an inconsistency issue there. But Malik is becoming more and more a reliable individual to get you points off the bench or someone that could maybe possibly eye for a future starting role. We'll see because Avery Bradley's right now out with a thumb injury. So we'll see what happens there, but you've got to be encouraged by what you're seeing from Malik Monk. He, he just was just great from six from 10, I believe in the last game at the Kings, he's just been able to provide us uh, on a lot of occasions already this season some a good amount of points from a bench role or even as a individual that you're going to go ahead and rely on down the stretch. So your thoughts on Malik Monk, especially the fact that THT, a man that you said, and I've, I've been really, when I've been saying since your following appearance on it, I've just been saying, you know, how bad I felt for you with your comments on THT and your belief that THT was going to go ahead and keep on that consistent play. Well, since you said those comments, we have seen nothing but terrible play from THD. But an individual in his place that has stepped it up instead has been Malik Monk. We're going to need Malik Monk's youthfulness. So Carmelo Anthony, again, we have a player here who's been playing. He's in his 19th season. Once a week, if Carmelo shows himself being who he was, that's what you brought him in for. If you're expecting him to do that three and four times a week, then that not, you're not being very realistic. This is not a, this is not prime Carmelo. This is Carmelo, the veteran that's going to possibly hit a an important shot in maybe one or two playoff games during this the stretch. Hopefully, if it's a long stretch, and then during the season, you gotta let him marinate a little bit. And still, you know, not overwork him. You know, you don't want to turn him into a Robert Ori in 2003. And, and then Robert Ori ends up, you know, shooting two for, for infinity to end that playoff run and, 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 and canceling out the, the four-peat. So Malik Monk, you can't expect this from him on a consistent basis. That's not who he is. But what you can hope for is that certain youthful Players, and again, this is what I was hoping Kendrick Nunn could be, Malik Monk, THT. If they took turns having one or two games a week being a fourth option that's reliable, meaning hitting the open shot, hitting the open three, you know, it would go so far to help this veteran team transition and build the chemistry and save them for when it really matters. THT, a little bit of me is starting to run. I, I know it's it's only a month. I really feel change. bad because you were so high on him. You said yeah. there was no way you saw a fall in sight. And no, immediately I didn't. upon those saying those words, that happened. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying it to be mean. I'm not saying to troll you. I'm saying it because I feel bad because you had such confidence in THT. Yeah, I've been, I've been wrong a lot this last few weeks. Well, I think months. all of us have been wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I've been. I, I don't think I've been this wrong in, 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 on 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 gauging the Lakers' 
I, it's it's been pretty bad actually. You um, and everybody else. That's all but, I'll say. Yeah, but 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 again, in the end, we have to wait. The THC has to adjust because that's what the team, the league is doing. Is they're adjusting to his game. He he was picked over Caruso because of his youth, his ability to handle the ball. That I believe was what what eventually was what they chose. They chose, hey, look, this guy is twenty years old. He can handle the ball. And we put him in a playoff game as a rookie, second round pick, and he he, he flourished. So seven years is a long time, you know. If, and especially since it was their draft pick, you know, they want to. You always want to kind of support your initial, you know, scouting and your initial decision on a player if they're showing any signs of improvement and being a big part of a of a let's say a title team. You know that that's the route they went, and he came out guns a blazing. You know, he was scoring 23 points a game and doing his thing. I don't know if there's something going on injury-wise with him or uh, when he went 0 for 8 in that one game, if that kind of mentally kind of threw him off, probably. You know, when you're 0 for 8, that's that's usually a mental thing. You, you know, you're, you guys are NBA players. NBA players usually, especially with a skill set like him, you always kind of find a way to score in some capacity, but going over eight is that's, you know, that's kind of a mental drag on you sometimes. Is Frank Vogel the type of guy that can devise something to help him kind of adjust? I don't know. Do they care? I don't know. I think they should again, THT, hopefully when Kendrick Nunn comes Malik Monk, those three players, have to be important parts of this team because they're young. As if those three are playing good day in and day out, and one of them take turns and who's going to be that fourth guy that's going to be a threat, it will help the team win games. It's just there's no doubt. Carmelo will throw in some things. Hopefully, if Trevor Ariza comes back, he can add 15 minutes of his veteran leadership. But ultimately. When you have a seasoned team like this, you need those young guys to pick up a lot of the slack, especially during the regular season, so that they're preserved for when it matters. Then at that point, the playoffs, you know, you're getting, you know, you're getting days off after each game. You know, you're, you're set on one team. So it's a little easier for a veteran team. The focus is different in the playoffs. It's just easier for there's more stress. And of course, the more veteran you are, the easier it is to understand where you're at versus, let's say, a much younger team. So I think Malik Monk can keep this up, but I'm not expecting him to be the fourth option day in and day out, unless I'm totally wrong, which I hope I am. You know, he's going to be that guy that's going to drop 20, 25 points probably once a week, maybe once every couple of weeks, but he's going to have some six and seven point games because that's, that's the player he is. That's, he's a, He's a role player who, who you know, can be neutralized depending on a matchup. I'll tell you what, my friend, it's been great talking to you. But before we head on out, again, the Lakers are 12-11 in sixth place currently in the Western Conference. They are just a little bit behind Dallas, which is the number four seed. They're going to be playing against the Memphis Grizzlies. And it's so funny, before we head on to my last question for you, that the point differential over the season, Memphis, even after a 73-point win, 
most in NBA history over the Oklahoma City Thunder. Even after that, their point differential is still in the negatives, which tells you when they lose, they lose pretty badly. So to get a 73-point win and still be in the negatives is still, it's kind of funny. You got to admit, it's kind of funny. But those two will match up against each other. So it's a good possibility if Dallas wins, Dallas will probably stay in fourth place throughout the weekend. But the Lakers will be behind in fifth with a win. But if Dallas loses and then the Grizzlies lose on the weekend, there's a possibility that the Lakers, when they play on Tuesday, could be as high as fourth place. So it's a possibility. Most likely not. But if the Lakers win, fifth or sixth place is still pretty good. It's on the way up. It's getting in the right direction. And, uh, you know, that those comments that were made by Anthony Davis on going like 10 wins in a row and all that, he was saying, mind you, I don't expect that, especially with this team right now. But to get on a roll where you're winning six out of seven, seven out of eight, that's certainly possible, isn't it? Well, when you're when you're playing four games a week, you want to win three out of four every week. Uh, on the occasion, you'll win two out of four, right? You're not going to go 70, you know, 75% for the whole year. It, you know, it's not so much, you know, losing the game a lot of times. A lot of times is how they're losing, you know, when and, – and, and the fact that the Oklahoma, <laughs> Oklahoma City Thunder loses by 73 only hurts more that we had a – basically two – two games against them where we almost had 20 point leads against them. We lost both mm-hmm. and we blew, you know, we blew that game against Sacramento at home. You know, the difference again <laughs> between 12 and 11 and 15 and eight is huge. You know, you just look at the number 12 and 11, 15 and eight. If you're looking at 15 and eight, the attitude, the, the acceptance of of, the, of of that particular situation is is so different, and it, it all all they had to do was just focus a little more in you know those three games. You, you know they didn't have to kill themselves. So that's the frustrating part. And I know those games happen throughout the year, but you also have to understand the position you're in. You're you're lucky right now. You're you're they they were playing the thirtieth easiest schedule so far, up you know up until yet uh, two days ago. The thirtieth easiest. There's thirty teams in the NBA. <laughs> they have the the easiest schedule in the NBA. Those first twenty three games, you have to be fifteen and eight at the very least, because when you start playing Phoenix. And you start playing Golden State, those guys are going to destroy you. And maybe their focus will change. Maybe that's the problem, is they're playing down to the to the competition. But I don't know if that's an excuse yet. Again, we're Laker fans, and again, I'm I'm guilty of this. You know, we, we're so impatient. We're so into the moment. I I, I seriously was about writing. I was writing them off up until the 10-minute mark of, of, of this last game. I just said, look, if these guys don't want to do this, then, you know, I'd screw them. You know, I'm, I'm tired of watching. You know, this is, you know, Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis have no excuses, okay? Anthony Davis is 27. Russell Westbrook's still in his prime. He might be at the end edge of leaving the prime, but he's still there. So you can't give me that excuse. You know, those are two hall, first ballot Hall of Famers that are still 
within that 27 to 33 age range where you're very, very functional and very effective in a basketball game. And you guys have enough experience to motivate and move things going, move things along. Again, we got Russell Westbrook for exactly the reason that LeBron was out so that we had that third guy that can cover his butt. He, two days ago, we got a taste of what that meant. That is why we gave up Caruso. That is why we gave up KCP and Kuzma for that moment right there, destroying a weak team on the road in, in convincing fashion. So can we continue this? Can we beat the bad teams comfortably? And then maybe win 60% of the really good teams that you're playing against. Because if you do that, now we're going to likely, especially with the way things are looking in the West, we need a fourth and seed and up, in my opinion. Fourth seed and up so that the Lakers can have home court in the first round, get their legs going, get their mojo going. And then once you get into the second round, I don't care how good case uh, Phoenix is. I don't care how good Golden State is. When you got LeBron AD and Russell Westbrook and they're, you know, healthy and rolling, they have something to worry about at that point. So there's there's going to be that effect. And that's what I want this to get to. Well, I'll tell you what, my friend, it's been great talking about the Lakers and everybody else out there. If you get a chance, please check out where he's at. Primarily, it's at LakersBall.com. Ox 1947, he goes by. There's a bunch of great people that go by their own monikers and create your own today and interact with the whole team there at LakersBall.com. They're also great during the game. They have their own running commentary that they have and a little bit of tit for tat per se that I know a lot of what starts with Joe and he goes in there and he tries to stir up trouble and he trolls a little bit here and there, but it's all in good fun. But I'll tell you what, it's all great as far as the action if you're there at LakersBall.com. And, Joe, you're spot on with your commentary today. Uh, Obviously, it's great for Lakers fans to see that things are rising up, but you also want to be wary because, of course, what's happened over the course of the season that it has to be seen before we believe it 100%. And I understand that completely. So we'll see what happens because, you know, the games are only going to get tougher because with the easiest schedule in the NBA – it's only going to go up from here. So we'll see what happens, but it's still looking very good for the team right now on a way up. Things are looking better. And we will be here on Friday night after the game to talk more about the Lakers. Hopefully it will be a win over the crosstown rival Clippers. We'll see what happens at the soon to be renamed Staples center. So we'll see what happens there, but you got to go ahead and catch the latest things that are going on at LakersBall.com all the stuff that's going on, all the trash talking back and forth, all the comments during the game, during their live chat. As the game goes on, you got to go ahead and check it out today. All the action, all the forums, and all the things that are said at LakersBall.com. Well, Joe, it's been great having you on. I'm looking forward to getting you back on again next week and hearing your thoughts. Hopefully that the Lakers will be in a better position come our next conversation in the Western Conference. Maybe top four. We'll see. I know that things, if that's the case, after a season that's gone up and down like a roller coaster, you know what? Hopefully things will continue to go up for the team. Now that LeBron's back, 
the false positive has been false positive and he is cleared he's back to play with the lakers so we'll see what happens with lebron's return to court on friday and we'll be back to cover it after the game right here at the lakers fast break podcast <laughs>